0: This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with 7 drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. Hey, what's up my friend? It is Jason and I've got an incredible show for you today. I'm going to share a conversation I had with a couple who sold everything they own and paid off $70,000 in debt. 70 grand to go travel the world. And how this started was because of depression, actually, and suicidal thoughts. So we get into that. And we also get into a lot of other stuff. And we talk about working together and traveling together as a couple. We talk about managing travel with a partner, whether it's a friend or you know a spouse or whoever. And examples of some rules that you can set up for yourself to Make that maybe go a little more smoothly and make sure you get some you time when you're traveling. How to make travel work financially? That debate between, you know, practical advice, how much money should you have in the bank, versus, hey, should I just uh, you know, get out there and let the universe kind of take care of things and figure it out as I go? You know, this is always a balance. And how do you balance that? Always a good question. So we get into that and we talk about some of their favorite what I call surprise and delight places. These places where you show up, you don't really expect much, and then the destination blows you away. And of course, full-time travel during COVID. Should you do it? Shouldn't you do it? If you've been thinking about getting out there and kickstarting maybe a long, longer trip or some kind of nomadic lifestyle, You know, should you do it now with the pandemic going on? They share their advice on that. And so much more. Also, Little shout out to a listener in this community who shares a book recommendation with you, as well as a travel tip, and a shout out to somebody else in the listening community here as well the Zero to Travel Caravan, which you are a part of, my friend. Don't forget, you are not alone listening to this podcast right now. You're joining many thousands of people around the world, and I want to welcome you all. Thank you so much for being here. Shall we get into it? Kick back, relax. Thanks for being here, and welcome Welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. One of my favorite pieces of travel gear, bandanas. I'm holding a bandana right now. I love a good, soft, cotton bandana. Paisley prints, usually I go with the classical paisley print such a versatile travel thing I mean, you can pick up hot things with it you know you can wrap it around your neck if you need to stay warm or you need to keep the sun off your neck you can put it around your head to stop the sweat from coming down you can use it as a dish rag shall i go on i don't know i i don't know what the bandana rant was for but uh anyway bandanas get a bandana if you don't have a bandana And take it with you on your next trip. You can always use a good bandana. We've got an incredible show for you today. No, it's not about bandanas. It's about everything I talked about uh, during the first intro piece. And it's an incredible conversation. Really, we cover a lot of ground. And as always, just try to pull out some of the best advice from people that are out there traveling the world and doing it. And I'm sure through their story, you're going to get some uh, good ideas, good perspectives, and... Sometimes maybe a new way of of thinking about things. You never know. It's one of the reasons why I love listening to podcasts and I love sharing these conversations because you always kind of get a bit of insight, right? When you go on somebody else's journey in in some way and hear their story, it's different than your own. So there's always something to take from that. And I love that about getting to share these conversations. So I hope you enjoy it as much as as I enjoyed recording it for you. By the way, this is a community powered show. Let's not forget that because uh, I am the host of this show, but I am here for you, my friend. If you ever want to get in touch, Jason at zero to travel.com is my email. I've been asking some of you folks out there, all of you actually, to just open up your smartphone and record some audio and send it my way. I've really been enjoying getting these little audio tidbits, whether it's a tip you want to share. Some advice, just a bit about your story, anything you want to share with the community at all, send it my way and we'll see if we can get you on the show. I've got one of these uh, after the interview. If you stick around for that, you're going to hear a book recommendation from a listener. And this is a book that I have not read, but now my interest is peaked on this book. I'm a big reader, love to read, and this might be something I have to pick up So maybe you'll be intrigued as well. She also shares a travel tip. So you got to stick around for that. And I'll give another shout out to somebody else in this community. But all that aside, if you haven't done so yet, you've been thinking about doing it, you know, hit pause now. Open up your audio app, record a message, send it my way, jason at zerototravel.com. Would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get into it. Don't forget to stick around after the interview because... Got that shout-out, got that book recommendation. Going to leave you with a quote, as I always do. I got the quote drawer here filled up with uh, some wisdom. So I'll leave you with one of those. And an extra shout-out to somebody else in this community. Stick around for all that. After the interview for now, enjoy listening in on my conversation with Annette and Daniel. And I will see you on the other side, my friend. can desperation and depression lead to selling all of your possessions and traveling the world that is exactly what happened to my guest today who is here to share her story and i should say their story i didn't know daniel would be joining us as well uh they're going to share le- some lessons learned along with some advice to help you travel more and you can check out their work at Chaseforadventure.com, annette and daniel fortner welcome to the zero to travel podcast my friends
2: Thank you so much oh, for having oh. us, Jason. It's honestly uh, crazy to be here. It's an yeah. absolute pleasure to be talking to you today.
0: Well, it's exciting to see you guys. And where are you just so we can get a little bit of, uh, yeah, mentally take us where you are or auditorially, I guess. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we are in a beautiful remote island in Thailand called Koh Chang. It's actually in between the coast of Thailand and Cambodia. And it's crazy. The pandemic kind of took us for a loop. We were definitely planning on doing these really cool adventures this year. And at the very last minute, when our plans were originally to go home and visit our family that we hadn't seen in a while, uh, we got offered to foster 10 dogs in Thailand. And they're like, you'll get a place to live and you'll get a stipend and good Internet and 10 fuzzy pups. And now we're here.
1: And I think uh, that was three days before we were supposed to be. Oh, no, sorry. Not three days before we were supposed to be flying home. Three days before we came to Thailand, the decision was made to do this. And so they organized a house. They organized pickup with all the dogs, everything in maybe a day and a half. Yeah. Wow, crazy. Where did you find that gig? Uh, so we met a girl at a bar. Uh, maybe about eight months ago, in a place called Rayleigh, which is in the south of Thailand, in the Krabi province, it's a beautiful little strip of land. It's ridiculous cliff sides, but we were just at a bar having a beer, and some girl with dread sat down next to us, and we just struck a conversation, and. Now we're here.
2: And the rest is history. (laughs) And actually, we were doing tours through Thailand because with Chase for Adventure, we take our YouTube audience and show them all the different places around the world that we really enjoy. And anyway, we had a trip planned for Thailand in March, and she operates a dog rescue here in Thailand where she just looks for tourists who don't mind tacking on a pup to their ticket. And then they're able to travel with that person to their final destination, people adopting them. So if you fall in love with a dog in Thailand, you can actually take that pup home if you live in the Western world. Cool.
0: What's the name of that organization?
2: Action for Dogs.
0: Okay, cool. (laughs) So if anybody's in Thailand and wants to take a dog with them to to get adopted, there you go. Action for Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly
2: it. And so it really was a really sweet gig.
0: I have to ask you a bit about Ko Chang because I was there in like 1998 and there wasn't much going on i remember it was one of the highlights of my trip to thailand i spent about a month in thailand just because like all I, I stayed in the straw hut for like five bucks a night and all i did was walk to like the one restaurant that there was there and that was like the big event of the day and the rest of the time it was just kind of like hanging around the beach and stuff i don't think there, there was no internet or anything it was just yeah reading the paper reading whatever magazines were laying around and a few places to say not much which was perfect. What is it like now? I'm just this is a selfish question, but I need to know what Ko Chang's like now.
2: <laughs> so honestly Ko Chang probably hasn't changed a whole lot. Outside of the internet is the best we've ever had in the entire world. We're getting two gigabytes of upload and download speeds in our house. And we live in the middle of the jungle with a creek behind our house, right around the corner from a waterfall. Uh, But still, you know, the same, it's one road that goes around the entire perimeter of the island. And, you know, there's a big sea, which is like our version of Walmart, a macro and some restaurants. And that's about it. So if you're coming to to Cocheng, you're really just bumming on a beach or going on the beautiful hiking trails and things like that.
1: I will say it's a lot more developed than just a straw hut. They still have those uh, different parts of the island, but you have to go to like Dan Mai or Bang Bao. And then that's where it's more rural because you're getting to like the farthest reaches of the island. But if you stay on the main part where the two ferry ports are and where a lot of the like tourist spots and the bars and the restaurants, it's a full grown city just off one main road.
0: Okay, cool. Well, thanks. Yeah, I was just... Taking me back there mentally for a second. So I wanted to learn a little bit more about that. And, you know, it's funny, you never know where you're going to end up when you take off for a trip like this. I'm sure you guys didn't know you'd be taking care of 10 dogs in the middle of the jungle on Cochang. You know, this is another example for people listening that are like, well, what if, you know, I want to keep traveling or I can't figure it out? You'll probably sit down next to somebody at a bar who will help you figure out the next thing, <laughs> right? It's just another sort of right? <laughs> I think people that listening to the show have heard plenty of examples of how, like, once you get out there, Things can kind of open up. But before you guys got out there, it sounds pretty intense. I mean, Annette, I got your email and I'll just read you a snippet. It said, two years ago, after working a dreadful, high-paying nine-to-five job that drove me to the brink of suicide, my husband and I decided to sell all of our stuff and travel the world. We literally moved into my in-law's house, sold everything we owned, including our cars, and paid off 70000 worth of debt and you guys were working set, You said 70 hours a week for eight months trying to save up 15 grand to make your travel dreams come true. So yeah, well, I wanted to hear about the job first. I mean, what were you doing?
2: So I did pursue legal situations with a job, so I am not allowed to disclose any information about the role that I held there. Okay. I can tell you about it, how it made me feel and that it paid well, that's about all I could say.
0: Okay, well, well let's talk about that. How were you feeling?
2: Okay, so honestly, I had been working, you know, 50 hours a week at this job feeling totally unappreciated, unsatisfied. My family was going through their separation, my parents separated, and even though I was an adult and it shouldn't have affected me, it really did for a lot of reasons. And it just made me realize like when I was going into work and I'm crying every single day before going to work and having to step away from what I'm doing so that I could go and cry in the bathroom thinking, you know, I have a bachelor's degree from a good university. This is not what my life was supposed to be like. People told me that, you know, if I did everything right, I graduated high school, got the good grades, got the nine to five job, got paid well, had a house that I would be happy. And to be honest, I just wasn't. And it got to a point where I just didn't want to live. And so Daniel had gone on a work trip and I had was alone by myself at home and I'm there sitting on the couch thinking, okay, well, what is the least messy way that I could do this? Like, how can I make my death easy for Daniel to come home to? Which after even realizing that I was having those thoughts as I'm sitting on the couch, I did call the suicide hotline and I'm really glad that I did. Um... But soon after that, you know, I realized that I had hit rock bottom and that I couldn't continue living my life. How I was living it. I wasn't happy and I wasn't satisfied. And if I was willing to hurt myself more than anybody else in the world was willing to hurt me, I was going to have to change something. I was going to have to fight for my own life. And so that was when I first brought it up to Daniel. And I was like, Daniel, I really want to travel. We had gone on this amazing study abroad trip in 2015 through Italy, and it was gorgeous. And I felt so free and so happy. And I've always been passionate about languages and other cultures. And I really wanted that back. So I told Daniel, but Daniel wasn't totally sold because obviously he had just gotten like a really nice high paying job himself. And he's like, you know, and I'm not willing to give this up. So then, you know, fast forward several months, Daniel had his own kind of come to moment that he could yeah. talk about.
1: Uh, yeah, to make a long story short, I was running to private emergency rooms Uh, And managing all the staff all the facilities and just working to the bone and then I ended up getting forced to resign because I wasn't quote-unquote working hard enough Um, And that was pulling 60-plus hours a week being on call 24 hours a day uh, For an emergency clinic and you can imagine if they have an emergency they need something done now And so
2: wait tell them about our wedding and the hurricane (laughs) because those are my two favorite tidbits of this job
1: so right before the, the decision to leave the job um, we had our wedding, and our wedding was on a Saturday. I had asked for the Friday off. This is maybe a month and a half beforehand, and my boss told me no, Which
2: he said rehearsal. Yeah. Wedding rehearsal He wasn't
1: allowed. <laughs> he said that I needed to be on call for my wedding day and that I couldn't take the day before off because I had a bunch of family in town, and we were doing the rehearsal I mean, dinner and getting just, everything set up.
0: That's just silly. That's, yeah,
2: Yeah.
0: that's not, I I, I don't think that that's, that doesn't even sound normal. Like, no, right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But it was that same kind of sort of attitude that we were getting from employers that kept telling us like, A, you're replaceable. B, I don't care about you or your life or your time or the things that are important to you.
1: Yeah. And so at that point, and I were like, wow, what are we going to do? I went to her and I was like, okay, you know, that crazy idea you've been talking about, I'm in, let's do this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And this was the day after our wedding. We looked at each other and we were watching, like, I don't know, some blogger and they said, Oh, why left with five thousand? And I'm like, Daniel Allen, if this kid did it with five thousand in his bank account, if we sold all of our stuff right now, we would have just enough. (laughs) Uh, and that's what we did. So literally the day after our wedding, we put our, our guitars on offer up. They went immediately in like 30 minutes, both Daniel and I sold our guitars and we're like, nah, that's it. It's meant to be.
1: We use that as a sign. (laughs) We were like, it's meant to be.
2: So we returned all of the gifts that we had registered for that our loved ones bought for us and sold everything, moved into his parents' house shortly after it happened so fast.
0: Wow. I mean, what a great way to kick off your marriage. Right? Right. <laughs> I think we did pretty good. <laughs> a high five. Yeah, that's a great high five moment right there. I love that. Hope yeah. we caught that in the mic. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, first of all, just going back to what you said, if anybody listening to this ever feels the way Annette did, then please call the Suicide Prevention Hotline and take an action, talk to somebody. I just want to highlight that because that's important. Yeah, I wanted to just ask a little bit about that, like kind of getting the job, thinking, you know, you're going to be happy with the grades and the house and all that stuff. Is that a product of like an expectation that you think society or maybe your family was putting on you? Or was it just kind of self-driven or a combination of those things? What are your thoughts around that? Like, how did you end up in that situation in the first place? Were you trying to meet a certain expectation or be a certain type of person that you weren't?
2: So my family, I'm first generation American. My family immigrated from Cuba a couple of years before I was born. And I think this is a case for most immigrant parents. You know, they have all of these high expectations because, you know, they grew up in the slums of Cuba and they're like, you need to be a lawyer or a doctor. You better go and get your degree and make a lot of money and, you know, make a name for yourself. Because if not, what did I sacrifice all of this for? So, yeah, I definitely think that that definitely played a role into that pressure and also society. I mean, I think everyone, when they're in high school, they're indoctrinated to the thought that if they just go to university and get a stable career in something, that they're going to be able to get a job and they're going to be stable and comfortable, right? That's the word. They're going to be comfortable. And that's what everybody spends their whole life trying to attain. And I have never been a, a girl about comfort. I've been a girl about freedom and living every single moment presently. I've always been the wild child. I moved out when I was 17 on my own. And I went and studied abroad when I was 19. And I've always just kind of wanted to live life on my own terms. And I think having led a life for so long that wasn't on my terms, I just think it got to me.
0: I mean, what you just described is from the conversations that i I've had it can be a common thing with first generation immigrants because it's like you said they they did so much sacrifice so much and then I, oftentimes it seems to me through conversations that I've had it just feels like there's uh, the child feels the need to come through well you sacrifice so much so now I need to I need to come through and meet that expectation but then that can be hard too because not to just do that but if that's not sort of your soul's calling to like go down a particular path, like having a nine to five job or being a doctor or a lawyer, you you know, nobody wants to disappoint their parents when all said and done. Right. There's a lot of psychology there, of course. Daniel, when, when you came home and all this stuff was happening with the Nets, like how did you guys, what was your kind of side of it? Like how did you work through it as a couple? What was, this is a pretty extreme scenario of course, but like, I think, when couples are working together to like work towards a bigger goal, like selling all your stuff to travel, there's obviously there's going to be things that need to be worked out. I just kind of wanted to get some advice on. Yeah, I just wanted to hear a little bit about your side of that story and your advice and how you guys worked through that. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway streaming services. Go to usbank.com altitude. Go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big! destinations on earth we're excited to partner with nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off the beaten path destinations to visit and there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 nissan pathfinder with seven drive modes the pathfinder's available intelligent four x four is built for even the most epic journeys and it even has the best towing capacity in its class up to six thousand pounds and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com.
1: From the beginning, we've always had a relationship that was just open lines of communication. If something is on my mind, I'm gonna communicate it in a respectful way, and the same goes for her. So when she started going through a lot of the difficult times um, with her depression and suicidal ideation, A, I didn't know the extent of it.
0: Yeah, Um, you could never know because you can't get in someone's head, you know? it's
1: Exactly, and you only know what they tell you, and so, as much as I love Annette, as I put my arm around her and give her a kiss on the forehead, (laughs) (laughs) um, she wasn't the most forthcoming about it. And so I was, I was there as emotional support. That was really my role uh, in the beginning. And then as things started unfolding and life events started happening uh, around that whole situation, I went off on the work trip and then I came back. That's when I found out about everything and how she almost had she had thought about committing suicide and actually placed a call to suicide hotline. And after that, we didn't make the decision to travel, but we knew something needed to change. And so we started making life steps towards that. We started, I think at that time we had actually started eating healthier. We started exercising more. We started doing our part to see if we could help relieve some of the symptoms. um, while we just figured out life, because at this point, She's just graduated. I'm still finishing school. We don't know exactly what our career paths are going to take. Hers just took a complete 180, and mine was just taking off the ground, but I was working for that uh, lovely individual of a boss. And so once we started working through that, to be honest, it was pretty smooth sailing because there was nothing more to focus on. Then learning what we needed to make the travel lifestyle sustainable and save up enough money. Right. I don't really think there was time to think about anything else. We started, she started feeling better and started getting a better grip on, on depression and things like that. And so it, that kind of sorted itself out with just us being a support unit.
2: Well, and to Daniel's point and to the point of the question, Daniel was just so supportive the entire time, even when I obviously did tell him, I didn't tell him on the work trip that I was battling the things that I was. But the moment that he found out, I was on suicide watch with my friends when Daniel had to go to work. We had a friend that would, which is crazy to be, to talk about it now because I'm like a totally different person. And if you've ever seen like any of our videos or a blog, like I've always been a really like positive and bubbly person. And to go from that image that people had of who I was to then suddenly having to have a babysitter so that I don't kill myself was a really humbling sort of moment. And also for Daniel to have really honest conversations with me saying, Annette, It is okay for you to feel this way, but it's not okay for you to just sit here and, and sulk in it. You need to pull yourself out. So let's look for solutions.
1: Yeah. Something needs to change, but you're essentially the only one that can make that decision. I can't sit here as your loving spouse and be like, Oh, you're going to feel better. Right. (laughs) So. I think, yeah, just working through that. And then once we started working 60, 70 hours a week, I had lost my job eight months before from that boss and we just hit the ground running. We were, we had a goal, I think out of the $70,000 worth of debt that we had from just living expenses in college, um, we only had 23,000 of it left. And so we finished, yeah, right before. And so during that eight months, we Paid off $23,000 of debt and saved up the $15,000. Actually,
2: um, oh. tooting our own horn, toot, 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 $16,500, uh, <laughs> which paid for our bonus trip to Japan, which was not in the cards at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys have
0: any concerns about the idea of travel? The, the reality of it not meeting the idea of it, the expectation? I do think changing your surroundings obviously makes a huge difference. Like if you think about your physical surroundings, well, how is that not going to impact your life, right? But at the same time, you're taking your physical body and mind with you there. So you're still who you are. You can't like, you can't run away from your problems. Run away from
2: your problems. Yeah. But
0: at the same time, you can't say either. And I think we as travelers know this, that, travel or just go, even if you're just moving to another town or whatever that that's not going to impact your daily life of course it is so is any of this stuff like stuff that you guys talked about or worried about or anything because like going on the road and living nomadically like you guys are right now because you have no end destination right there's no you're just living on the road so that's a different way of life You know, and you don't really know if you're going to like it until you do it. I mean, you can test the waters and everything, but like going for a month and sort of pretending in your mind it's like that is different than actually selling all your stuff and going and, not looking back
2: from the beginning. Yeah.
1: You have literally brought up everything that I was just about to say, (laughs) because the whole reason we started traveling and got the travel bug was from uh, her study abroad trip to Florence, Italy in the summer of 2015. And I just went and stayed with her, but you have everything planned out. You go with an actual school program and there's not much flexibility and it's not really the traveler lifestyle. It's studying abroad and so
0: it's an experience but a different kind of experience
1: yeah exactly and so i think coming into this we really didn't know what to expect uh i think for me the most violently different part was just being able to live on on your feet and out of a backpack you can show up to a city one day and not have anything planned and find a place to sleep and you're gonna be fine
2: right And that's actually something, so I was never personally worried about the travel lifestyle because I don't know, something about like hating your life so much beforehand, like anything else sounds better. And so I was just ready. I was like, give me the boarding passes. I'm ready to walk down the aisle and sit in my uncomfy seat for 27 hours. Um, But... But it is a huge difference. I mean, people think that, you know, you're just running away from your problems. And I think that we're both testament that sometimes you run right back into your problems because, yeah, you have all these new distractions, new smells, new things to go and see. But at the end of the day, you also have a heck of a lot of time to yourself without Internet connection to just think. And sometimes, you know, you might realize that things that you wanted aren't things that you want to really want anymore. You realize that you're a different person. And I know that for Daniel, I definitely dealt with the depression beforehand. And by the time I started traveling, I was a okay and fine. But then Daniel completely was on my end of that.
1: Yeah, I did the actual complete opposite of her. She experienced it before traveling. And then once traveling happened, she was happy go lucky. And as soon as we started traveling, Uh, all of my life problems that I guess I had been pushing down for so long and did not realize it just decided to resurface. And so for the first six months of our travels, I really had a a hard time with, with my own depression and my will to push forward. I don't want to say I experienced it at the same extreme as her with like suicidal ideation, but being out on the road Doing everything that you want, and I know that sounds silly, but when you're making every single decision and you're having to make hundreds of decisions a day, it really is empowering, but it is really overwhelming, and it really does kind of bring out, at least for me, insecurities. At first, it brought out a lot of my insecurities and a lot of areas in my life that I didn't realize that I wanted to work on and that I needed to work on.
0: Can you can you share some examples?
1: Yeah. Uh, So I used to be a very – used to be. I am a very happy and outgoing person. (laughs) I am very happy and outgoing. He's actually a sourpuss. He's lying to you. Everybody
2: listening, it's fake news. Daniel's miserable. (laughs) Well, I I mean
1: I would say I was very happy-go-lucky and I obviously wasn't miserable, but I was a big pushover. I I would not have a backbone to save my life. And when we started traveling, you, you're dealing with scams, you're dealing with miscommunications from different languages, you're dealing with a bunch of people who know you're a tourist and know that you don't know their language, so they're gonna try and pull one over for you for a few bucks. And I had to really grow in that aspect. And I wanna say it really kinda culminated when we went to Chiang Mai, Thailand, and we stayed there for a month. Uh, because I think that was about eight months into our initial travels. I've been kind of going on a roller coaster of emotions and then my life purpose hit me. Annette's life purpose I think has always been to be some form of traveler and some form of entertainer (laughs) (laughs) because she's just this bubbly and loud and so much energy and positive vibes all of the time. And I was not that in Chiang Mai. And so. Um,
2: but you're better now. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It, I've been better now, able to work through it all. I really do think that the biggest thing for me was learning how to stand up for myself uh, and learning how to fight for what I want because yeah. I have a voice. We all have a voice. If you're sitting down listening to this at home, you have a voice. No matter. If you feel that that voice is suppressed, you feel that that voice isn't there, it's not as strong as you'd like it to be, but... We, we all just have the ability to make what we want known. And so... Yeah.
2: And uh, and to change, to yeah. change our circumstances. I think that so many people sit there and this is actually something that really drives me crazy now. Now that I'm better, now that I'm traveling, now that like I know the amount of power that we have over our lives and our circumstances, I find it frustrating when people are complaining about their jobs to me. I don't understand. It's like I we just don't complain about anything anymore because if we don't like something, we change it. Oh, we don't like the city? Well, we just, you know, hop on a bus and we leave, uh, we don't like this bar. We'll just go to another one. We don't want to travel because we're traveling at a really fast pace and we want to settle down for a month because we're tired. We do that. Um, and it's so hard for us, at least when we go back now, to even have some conversations with our friends that we love and adore because every time like we go back, they're like complaining about the same thing. And it's like, my friend, the last time I was here two years ago, you were complaining about the same thing. Have you thought about changing? It's like, nah, but you know, I'm comfy here. And it's like, okay, well, be comfy.
0: <laughs> the, what you guys were talking about in terms of kind of running into your problems out on the road, so to speak, I think that comes from the space you get when you're traveling right like the you actually have mental space we, you know when you're working 60 70 hours a week and you're kind of just you're so busy all the time it it can be a tendency to like not give yourself the space to process and reflect and think about hey am i you know checking in with yourself like hey am i actually living the life i want to live or if if i'm not right that second doesn't mean always that you can change it right the next day. But you can assess and you can make a plan like you guys did. You say, all right, well, we're going to sell our stuff and change it. And then it takes time and you spent you know, eight months working and saving and paying off debt and things like that. But in a day-to-day life, yeah, it can be hard to kind of get that space. And I think when you're out on the road, especially, I mean, you guys don't have kids or anything, right? Like you're just out on the road as a couple. So you have a lot of time to just think about things. Right. I mean,
2: right. And there's also something that um, when we first started our YouTube channel, because we really wanted to document this whole journey, we wanted people to know that when they go out and travel, things just fall into place. Yes, you'll have that space and maybe it'll put you in a dark spot, but you'll figure it out. And if, even if you go out and travel and you fail quote unquote fail, right. And you decide that this lifestyle isn't for you. You go back home, a totally different person, a totally empowered and confident and happier person, because at least now you're aware of the power of making choices. And another thing too, to the people at home who I know if they're listening to this podcast, they may be aspiring digital nomads or looking for ways to add a little bit more adventure into their life. When we created our YouTube channel, we wanted to be the chronicles of having a dream and doing whatever it took to attain it. And so a lot of people, I think now see, you know, our YouTube channel, we have, you know, a few thousand subscribers and they're like, wow, you know, you guys have quote made it or whatever. And it's like, okay, but you can go back to. 175 videos ago to when we were still at home in Gainesville selling our stuff, knowing absolutely nothing about who we were getting ourselves into and see that whole journey unfold. Nobody starts anything as an expert. You just need to pick a direction and take steps in it.
0: Yeah. How much do you think your mindset's changed uh, as you dropped into the pace of traveling and nomad life? I mean, I think I'm not sure if this is true in your case, Daniel, but like I've seen And heard, uh, I've had firsthand experience with people I've traveled with, and also just through the podcasts, people finding a hard time, like slowing down to life on the road, like settling into the pace of life on the road because you don't have necessarily a to do list. All there's always stuff to be doing and decisions to be making, but it's not the same, right? It's it's a it's a different pace. I'm not sure if any of that was part of the struggle, like kind of like aligning the mindset that you came from, which is like go 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 all this high pressure job type situation and how your mind works in that. And like, I I do think it takes time to like settle your mind into the pace of like long-term travel. I don't know if that's true for you guys or I just wonder if you could speak a little bit on that.
1: Yeah, absolutely, my mind shift, my mindset completely shifted uh, after because I feel like I really, really lost direction with traveling because when you're working for someone and you're working a nine to five, you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You have, like you said, you have a to-do list, a go, 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 a hustle. And when you switch out of that, the hustle is even harder on the road, but it's so much more rewarding. And the mindset shift, I really do think, is one of those situations where you leave and you feel the same while you're traveling. But when you go back to a life that hasn't changed in the amount of time that you've been gone, you realize how different you are and how far your mindset has come.
2: Yeah. I I feel like for my mindset from the beginning when I felt like I had to be so go, 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 because I think that's also something that a lot of people perceive when they're jumping into digital nomad life is that, oh, to be a digital nomad, you have to be jumping on a plane to a new place every single week. You can only spend three days in a location. and I don't think that that is necessarily true. It's actually true, the hardest w-
0: way to do it. <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> you but need time like, to work. like you were Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly.
1: And you have to factor that into your daily life. You can't just be, oh, I'm on a plane every other day taking a bus here and there and I'm never connected to internet. Right. It's the reality of being a digital nomad, you need to be able to find a coffee shop, sit down for a few hours, get behind your laptop, work, find that direction and dig in.
0: Right. Do you like that aspect of it? Or do you guys sometimes wish Oh, I wish we were just traveling like this working, traveling things annoying?
2: I think Daniel and I have separate answers. That was a that. hilarious
0: pause. You guys both cocked your heads to the side. So like you were like symmetrical and you both had the same exact expression. This open mouth, like I, I it was just a great moment. Anyway.
2: Well, <laughs> when you've been with someone for almost a decade. Right? Uh, so, uh, you know, for me, I think Chase Her Adventure was such a dream come true for me. So th- even from the beginning, I have always loved the working aspect. As a matter of fact, sometimes it would be the reverse. I would be kind of annoyed because we had to create content for the YouTube channel that would drag me away from my computer. And I know that sounds really backwards, but at the time, I mean, even still now.
1: I was gonna say at the time. Right,
2: (laughs) I was so hungry and passionate about wanting to just shake people through our content and let them know, guys, you don't have to be unhappy. You can make your happiness. Um, and so that for me has kept me so hungry for work. I will be on emails at whatever hour, do podcast interviews at whatever hour. Um, because the mission behind chase for adventure keeps me going more than the travel. The travel is a side bonus. It's a thank you that I get to this live this lifestyle, but I would be doing the exact same thing that I'm doing if I was somewhere else.
1: And I think the, I was going to say, I think the face that we had made earlier to each other was just because I kind of had the opposite experience. Uh, Chase for Adventure started as her passion and now it is my passion because I, I'm very, very much enjoying what we're doing and the positive message that we're spreading the people that we're interacting with. But at first, I was like, get me from behind this laptop. I need to go be jumping in a waterfall. I need to be on a motorcycle, riding through mountains. I need to be exploring. And so...
0: I mean, this brings me to my next question. You know, going into business with somebody is a it's a whole thing, right? You can't just like... Li- just because you guys are together doesn't mean you make good business partners like are you guys working together on this now because that's like so well somebody has to be working the camera and all that kind of stuff or are you trying to like kind of do your own things i mean how do you guys finding working together because that adds a whole other element to the relationship to me it's it can be i've had experiences where it's been stressful and not that great other times it's been you know fun
2: So, um, I think now is a great time to tell you that I actually met Daniel because he was my supervisor at work. (laughs) Um, and so we actually, our entire time together, we've worked together. There has never been a single, there's only that period of eight months before the travels that we ever didn't work on something together. Even when we were babysitting for families, we were going together. Like Daniel and I have always been glued at the hip. And the intention of starting Chase for Adventure and all of this work stuff happened in tandem with us becoming, you know, digital nomads. We didn't leave with like a remote job set up. We committed to figuring out along the way. So we knew that we were gonna work well together. I will say having our own business especially since Daniel's already mentioned in the beginning, chaser adventure was my baby. And in a lot of ways I am still, uh, the overprotective mama bear and I, and he needs to check me cause I get like too excited and too about my idea. Um, but it's de- we've definitely grown together as bi- business partners, especially, I want to say, over the last six months. We are definitely a lot more of a team.
1: Yeah. I would like to say, for the record, uh, when we met, I didn't know that she worked
0: there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay,
0: man. We're not going to get you in trouble.
1: <laughs> I do think that working on the road and working on Chase for Adventure is still violently different than working a nine to five together. Because like she said, we work together our entire relationship. It's not the same as being
0: entrepreneurs together, I I would say. Yeah, no. There's a lot more
1: different stresses
0: that come into play.
1: And there are different ways that you have to handle it. You can't just rely on a set of rules and guidelines that you've been provided and then bring an issue to your supervisor. And after you've already tried to talk it out and you can't work it out. Whereas here, you have to sit down and
2: I have to look at him and tell him, this is not okay. <laughs> uh, and, and learning how to communicate with that, right? Because there's like spousal grievances that you can communicate where it's like, hey, babe, could you know you pretty please put away the dishes? Whereas this is like, Daniel, I really needed that video like three days ago. Where is
1: it? And I'm like, Annette, have you sent that email yet? You was supposed to be out yesterday.
0: Right. <laughs> right.
2: And, and this, this is so where I can get
0: tricky, I think. You know, you can say all you want that you have your business hat on, you you not take it personal, but you're still in a relationship together. So sometimes it's hard to be like... Sweetie, can you check the SEO box and see if you put the keyword in, honeycakes? <laughs> <All
2: right. laughs> yes, and then that's the thing. Also, when you're like a digital nomad and you're living with your spouse, like we have no time apart. It's not like I'm going to an office and then complaining to him about the email later. No, I. If I complain about the email now, I still have to see his face for the next three weeks until you know he decides right. to go on a trip on his own. You know. Yeah, it's
0: just an interesting. I mean, there's no. We can't come to any resolution in this conversation. I think it's just just sharing with people like some of the dynamics involved, right? Like some things to think about or consider if you're thinking about going to business with a spouse or a partner or even a friend that you're traveling with or whatever. I mean, a lot of like you might think, oh, we're gonna, you know, I I found that setting some boundaries for yourself or with the other person is even if you're just working by yourself is pretty important. Like, hey, I want to go out and sit like at this uh, in this beautiful bay in a uh, in Greece, whatever, on some Greek island and have this meal and be in the moment and enjoy it. I don't want to talk about, you know, the 14 ideas I have for the videos right now. Yes. It's important.
2: Absolutely. And I want to say that that's something that that's a boundary that we have had to establish on many occasions, more so me than Daniel, because I feel like chase for adventure is all I talk about. And the thing is, because Daniel's next to me all the time, he knows everything else that goes on or on my day. So all I do have to talk to him about is my ideas. So now we set boundaries. We have this time that we call hammock time, which is when we go down downstairs where we have some hammocks near the river and snuggle our dogs. And during that time, chase for adventure cannot. Not be brought up and so we have some boundaries for that and we also have a net day and daniel day daniel days he just goes rides the motorbike through Cochang and like gets lost somewhere and annette days i just sit on the beach to myself and that's you guys been really have your
0: helpful own, yeah you have your own time that's those are great rules i mean if anybody wants you know even if you don't have a hammock near you feel free to steal that idea right it's like no this is hammock <laughs> yeah. time that means like i can't be bothered with anything that has to do with this the stress is even my business or work life if you're working a job or whatever. That's great. What advice do you guys have to make things work financially on the road? Traveling the way that you do, I think a lot of people that are listening, you know, are very independent traveler minded folks, I guess. Going to be traveling in a in a similar way where you're kind of, you know, you're out in the world and you're figuring it out as you go. If you're if, whether you're doing that for a month or two or indefinitely like you guys are. What is your advice on this financially? Because it's not everybody's cup of tea to start something while they're traveling and hope it works and makes enough money. But then, you know, how much should you have saved? How much should you count on the universe sort of conspiring to help you out and figure out situations versus like how much actual practical money should you have on the bank to live on the road in the way you guys are? So maybe the best place to start is kind of describe your sort of level of travel in terms of like the lifestyle and like the amenities that you need. Because I think that that sort of sets the bar so people can understand, all right, well they're living in this way. Like if you're sleeping like on the ground somewhere with no fan or no air conditioning, maybe you're paying like two bucks a night or something, but other people might not want to travel that way. So just understanding how you guys travel and then talking about like some of the practicalities around making the financial stuff work. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts.
2: Right. So as far as our lifestyle, it definitely grew. It started in the straw huts that you were discussing a little earlier uh, when you know we did just save up 15000 and we're just trying to make it work for as long as we possibly could. Uh, and did that mean having a monthly as, budget?
0: Sorry to, mean to interrupt, but having the 15000 yes. did that mean having a monthly budget of X amount of dollars and what was that?
1: So we actually track all of our expenses. Um, every time we pull out a wallet, it's getting recorded in a phone. And so... Using what
0: app? On, Trail Wallet? Uh,
1: Trail Wallet. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so for us, I think on average between the two of us, we allot 1500 US dollars a couple. month. For the for couple. For the couple.
2: Uh,
1: but that also includes flights into country. It includes a, about 10 to 15 US dollars spent a night on accommodation. Uh, any food costs transportation, all of it. And anytime we want a beer and we don't go sparingly on fun adventures and excursions and going and having a beer on the beach or having a glass of wine with dinner. We do those things probably once a week, yeah, maybe twice a week.
2: Something that I think though that is really important to know is People need to figure out what area of the world that they want to start in. We knew that we wanted to make our money go super far. So where did we go? Southeast Asia. And we've been traveling Southeast Asia and other parts of Asia for two years now because we've been able to live a much more comfortable lifestyle. Uh, 10 to 15 dollars gets us a private room in thailand that you know has really nice internet maybe the place has a pool or it includes back breakfast and it's in a good location of town 15 dollars in europe doesn't get you anything it gets you a shared room with six people in london for a night maybe and actually i think we paid 30 dollars gets that.
0: you a beer in norway
2: oh my god that's that how expensive die. it is
0: <laughs> a beer at the bar is usually between 10 and 15 bucks yeah
2: Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Jason. Can I know a little bit why? Why Norway?
0: (laughs) Well, I met a Norwegian girl and married her and now we have two kids and I live here. So
2: that's it. Well, it sounds like you won.
0: You know, there are other benefits. I mean, I don't have to pay for health insurance and, you know, daycare subsidized. I have two kids. So I mean, I've talked to some of my friends in the US and like those two expenses alone for an entrepreneur having to pay healthcare for a family of four. And if you had to pay daycare can be like for like three to five thousand bucks a month,
2: right?
1: Yeah, you're just simply not encountering those expenses,
2: right?
0: I ordered less beer at the bar, it's a health, it's good, <laughs> yeah, it's good for my health. Listen, I agree.
2: And I think I was listening to one of your other podcasts from when you first moved to Norway and you were talking about like sacrifices you've had to make. And you're like, listen, you know what? So what? I don't have a car, but we have great public transportation in Norway. You adapt. At the end of the day, wherever you want to travel to, you're going to adapt. So as far as like giving people a hard, steadfast number that they should have in their bank account, I mean, personally, I can tell you that my threshold is I wouldn't leave with anything than five grand, which is really what it would cost me to get a ticket there. And if something really bad happens to get a ticket back and be able to get myself together for a month while I figure things back out at home.
1: And I actually am a l- on a different end of that. I, th- I would say if I were traveling solo, I would not leave with less than 10 and let that, let maybe like two or three grand be my, okay, Emergency time to really funds. figure out what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like where are you getting your
0: money? Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee You get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there.
2: Right. And again, going back to if people are trying to make this lifestyle sustainable for them, I mean, are you making money online right now? That's something to look at now. Something to help your finances. If you can plan your remote job from the time that you're home, that's going to be a little bit easier to maintain when you're already traveling versus dealing with the stress. Because if you're sitting here going like, oh my God, I wonder where my next paycheck is going to come. It doesn't matter how beautiful the waterfall in front of you is. You're going to be too stressed out about the fact that you're not making money. But on in the same breath we actually did a whole entire course on our website called worker to wander where we do nothing but talk to people about all of the ways that they can make money while traveling and i'm talking about things that aren't entrepreneurial even working holiday visas this is something that you know anyone from especially you know united states and canada which i'm assuming most of your listeners are from they're able to just plop into Australia, pay four hundred dollars, and then they could be making up to a thousand dollars a week working on a farm picking fruit. Now, is it really hard work? It's hard labor. Yeah, you're outside for hours and hours a day. But will it pay your bills and fund three months of travel? Sure.
0: That does have an age restriction, that particular example, I think. Uh right. I think it's for under oh, I can't 30. remember if it's under thirty, yeah. But a good example right. nonetheless. Yeah, for for a certain person. But Yeah. Everybody's got to take their own situation into account, of course.
2: Absolutely. And that's not the only way to make money either. Uh, There are people who, for the people who have a degree on one of my side jobs is I'm a VIP kid teacher. And I actually had to do that again. When coronavirus hit, we were working in the travel industry and for three straight months, we had no income. Imagine you know, banking all of your eggs in the travel basket during the middle of a pandemic when the world shuts down. And so that was something that I was able to use. Yes, it requires a bachelor's degree, but there's plenty of other programs that don't require one and you can pay for a TEFL. And another thing too, for people who want to teach abroad and maybe not do a working holiday visa, China and South Korea are really awesome and viable options. They'll pay for your housing. They'll give you a really nice stipend. They'll even sometimes pay for your return flights home. They'll give you a working visa. And this is in really cool cities like Shanghai. We were just in Shanghai right before the pandemic started or During actually right as the pandemic started. <laughs> um, And there are some teachers that we met that were living a really good life and that has no age restriction and it doesn't require a degree either.
0: I like that you guys shared specific numbers too, like even though they were different numbers, you know, whoever's listening to this, I mean, if you're thinking about doing something like this, it gives you something to work toward and understanding I think an emergency fund is a great idea maybe you split the difference take the average right 75 bucks between <laughs> yeah. two. and of course like you said and that depends on where you're traveling to so you want to pick a region where, where it can go further for sure let's hear some travel spots that are that have been highlights for you guys I, I would say I've been thinking about this recently like what are some of the places you've been where You maybe didn't expect much, but then you realized you were like totally surprised and delighted by what the place had to offer. Like it kind of exceeded your expectations.
2: I have one. Taipei, Taiwan. I had zero expectations. I knew I couldn't even tell you where Taiwan was on a map and I'm going to probably offend some people. I thought it was China. So when I had heard about Taiwan and thinking, oh my gosh, Taipei, there's food. That's all I knew. And then we get to Taipei, amazing people. The people were so lovely. Everyone was playing Pokemon Go, which I know sounds stupid, (laughs) but it was really fun to watch. Um, the food is in fact delicious. The metro system is not only cheap, but allows you to go through all parts of the city. It is impeccable clean. It almost feels like a Times Square mixed with like Bangkok street food, but it's Chinese and delicious. And, People who are like dancing, like they're just so joyous. The Taiwanese people, they're literally break dancing or doing like K-pop style dances in the middle of everywhere. There's like proper dance groups. They all look like BTS. I don't understand. <laughs> so that was a place where I had no expectations. And I was like, wow, I want to move here. This place is awesome.
0: Sweet. Yeah. Fair enough.
1: <laughs> Do you have one, Daniel? Uh Yeah. So mine is actually Vietnam. Um, obviously growing up as an American, we hear a lot about the war and a lot of the history. But I don't know, at least for me before going to Vietnam, I just pictured it as all rural with like villages and dirt roads, and you do have a lot of that. But when we went to Vietnam, we lived in Hanoi and Hanoi blew me away. Uh, just because A, I love motorcycles, and so driving in the second most populated city for motorbikes was a dream come true. It was a near miss of an accident every time you get on the bike and it's the most exhilarating thing I've ever done. (laughs) I've
2: never had to become so okay with death in my life. Jason, like this is going to sound funny, but I legitimately thought that I was going to die any day. Like imagine waking up and being just grateful. Like, wow, I lived one more day. I wonder if the bus is going to hit me today.
0: Nobody hit me when I cross the street because they all stopped like they were supposed to you know
2: yeah, <laughs> right
1: <laughs> that's exactly it well speaking of almost getting hit that actually the my place that i had such low expectations for but was blown away was vietnam but specifically ha Giang. it's a northern province area up in the northern mountains and there's a loop that you can do where you spend four or five days on a motorcycle and you just drive through the mountains and it was the most beautiful thing i've ever done the most exhilarating but when she said you almost get hit by a bus or a car we came around the side of a mountain and our tire was on the edge of maybe a 300 meter drop off because a car just flew around the side maybe going 90 kilometers an hour slid barely missed us oh my gosh but anyway sorry That the my favorite place yeah we digress my favorite place that. Really, I had no expectations going into was Vietnam blew me away.
0: Yeah. Any other travel destinations you guys want to share as places that you think might be interesting for people to check out?
2: Um, Okay. So as far as destinations that people may... India is something that I think a lot of people have divided feelings about. I was one of the people who I was so scared of going to India because of like the whole rape culture thing. And you know, all those stereotypes that people tell you about before visiting India, you're going to have diarrhea for like six weeks. And I almost, and we almost didn't go because I was so scared and then I got there and everybody was so nice given it's a different culture. But if you adapt to that culture, man, Indians will welcome you with open arms. And I would say that about anywhere in India. And we visited New Delhi, which we almost skipped for the same exact fears that I'm telling you about. And honestly, New Delhi was one of my favorite cities. And it's interesting, like the moment that you strip away all of the stereotypes and you know, you turn off the news for a second and you go and experience things for yourself, it it's amazing what happens and now india to me is my favorite country if nothing else for the incredible people that i met there and the food you know is amazing and a bonus <laughs> oh also side note we got invited to a ridiculous like multi million dollar wedding where like this famous bollywood singer was playing and we just got invited by like one of our instagram followers And we got there and we're and he and we are thinking, okay, we're going to sleep on this guy's couch. He paid for us to stay at the Jaima Hall Palace, which is literally older than the United States. (laughs) I still look at those videos going like that was not real life. I actually just died for a weekend, went to heaven and (laughs) then came back. I was in a coma.
0: That sounds like an amazing experience. Yeah. It's those kind of experiences. I mean, you never you don't put yourself out there in the way you guys are even just traveling around like you don't get a chance to to meet people like that and have those experiences and those cultural, those meaningful cultural exchanges on the ground. It's a beautiful thing. Now I'm going to have Indian food for lunch. Cause that sounds really good. Ooh, um, that's actually good <laughs> <laughs> do you guys ever struggle with like, Hey, what are we doing next? Or what are we going to do after this? I think there's a tendency at least culturally like right coming now? from the States to like kind of look ahead like what's the next thing or yeah especially if you're traveling indefinitely i mean this can change on a daily basis but as you guys are sitting today in thailand coaching watching the dogs how do you guys feel about the near future like is there uh do you guys are debating these things like how long should we do this or is it just like hey we're just living in the moment we're not thinking about that stuff how much does that stuff come up for you guys
1: that's really funny you ask that yeah. because we've been having a lot of those conversations as of recent. Uh,
2: Which I think is unique, by the way, to coronavirus and not because of the travel lifestyle. Yeah. Because I will say under regular circumstances, we don't think about the future rarely ever. Whenever our visa is about to expire, we jump onto Skyscanner and we go to the deepest new country. And that's how we do it. So there's no forethought. It's just what's cheap now and what haven't we visited? And we go there.
0: Well, flexibility yeah. yeah. is COVID, always a good way to to make your dollar go further, right? You're just like, I don't care. I'm just going to take the cheapest flight.
2: <laughs> exactly. And Exper- then you can Have a new
0: experience, anyway. right? Right. <laughs>
2: well, the goal for us is to see every country in the world still. Uh, the original plan was to do it in five years and COVID had other plans for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I definitely... Go ahead, sir.
1: No, no, no. I was just going to say, I think now our focus is really going to be spreading the correct information about what travels like post-COVID because there are going to be a lot of new regulations that countries are implementing. There are going to be a, a lot of places that don't accept you because of simply where your passport's from. Right. And so there's no information currently because everyone's been locked down. So I think what we're aiming for is to be able to go to the these places as they open up and figure out what the travel restrictions are, what's required to go there. Do they require a COVID test 72 hours before entering the country?
2: Do they require masks? So many places like in Thailand, you can't do anything without a mask. I could get stopped by the police if I leave my house and to go to 7-Eleven and I'm not wearing a mask. They will refuse you service in a lot of these places. And I want to say that that's many countries here in Asia and even in Europe. And so that's something that I surely wasn't expecting. And A lot of people, especially when thinking about like what happens next and for our business, not just the circumstances of like where we're going to be, but where is our business going to be now that COVID kind of pooped on our parade, (laughs) we ended up coming out with a line of travel themed masks because of it. And now I'm obsessed. Now I think I own like seven or eight of our masks. Um, (laughs) But just, you know, spreading that correct information, letting people know what people have to do to prepare. Before jumping on a flight or yeah, it, getting it, to a country.
1: It really feels like the world's going to be different. And so i just kind of sitting here waiting, especially those of us who are, are full-time traveling. We're like, okay, what's happening next? Because new information's coming out daily.
2: Yeah. Even our visas in Thailand, we ended up overextending our visa by like overstaying our visa by four days here in Thailand because we were awaiting an announcement for visa amnesty. So now we have visa amnesty until July 31st, but we don't know if we can extend our Thai visa. Like we usually have been in the past. Are the visa regulations going to be the same? Are they going to be different? Are they going to kick us out of the country and not let expats in for X amount of time? And then you might have to figure out
0: places you can go. That they'll let you in Uh, so there's a lot going on for sure i mean i I figured this would come up with this question so i wasn't i wasn't avoiding the pandemic question but i knew i knew we would get to that because it's a natural part of what's going on you know so i mean does any of that make you guys just want to be like why don't we just like go back to our home country and just get a moderate place to stay and kind of relax and not deal with all this
2: stuff Daniel's going to answer this
1: one. That is so funny. (laughs) That is exactly what we were planning on doing for a little bit. We hadn't made any announcements about it. We were actually planning on getting an RV and traveling the States.
2: And getting pregnant and and having children. Yeah,
1: and having kids and starting that stage of our lives. And we just realized that now is not the time for that. Right. Because now is a time for us to be out exploring, seeing the world more now more than ever, because everyone's going to be terrified of it.
2: Right. And not to mention that we were thinking about, well, how would our lives and the message that we're spreading change if we were to just, you know, go back home and, and get an RV. And our message with Chase Your Adventure was twofold, right? It was chase your dreams because it's possible to attain them, but also all humans, no matter what color, race, religion, country you're from, we're all the same. We all just want love and joy and happiness. And I can't imagine a more important time in at least my lifetime to be spreading that message. And so we figured that now more than ever, our message was necessary. So that's why we we scratched that planner and still going to travel.
0: All right. Well, I mean, yeah, that's uh sounds like it's been well thought out and well discussed. You're like, all right, here are the options. Well, we're going to go with this option for now and see how it goes. So I mean, wish you guys all the best and staying healthy in there. And of course, we mentioned chaseforadventure.com where you can find all the links to the various things. Thanks, guys. And you want to leave us with any, uh, any advice? Somebody's listening or thinking about like, hey, well, I want to travel, but I don't know about this pandemic thing. But I like the idea of kind of traveling long-term. What what would you say to them at this moment as we're recording this in, uh, in June of 2020?
2: So to be honest, I would say save money, Make plans as though you're going to leave as soon as the next flight opens, start trying to find ways to make money online while you are at home, level up your skills, um, on our website, chaseforadventure.com and on our YouTube channel, we have tons of free resources that people can just like binge read and watch to learn how to sort of prepare for the next step. And then when the world opens up, just do it. I mean, if you feel safe and you feel comfortable and you think that you can follow directions like washing your hands and wearing a mask, go for it. Life's short.
1: Yeah, I would definitely have to jump on that train and add, just inform yourself. Regulations are coming out daily. Countries are changing who they're letting in on a weekly basis. And that information not only goes towards what's required to travel, but what's required for you to travel. How much do you need? What skills, like Annette said, do you need to learn before we came on to chase for adventure and we sold everything to travel the world full time. We had no experience in photography, video editing. We barely use social media ourselves and we learned all of that during the time we took to prepare for the travels. So while you're sitting at home preparing, anxiously waiting for the day that you can get back on an airplane, inform yourself, learn as much as you can while you are essentially stuck.
2: And if you don't know what to start, where to start, because I find that for my worker to wander students, a question that I get all the time, it's like, well, Annette, I just don't know what to do. Like, great. You've given me all of these options to like monetize this lifestyle, but like, which one's going to make me happy? And so if you don't know where to start, maybe start about thinking like doing some soul searching. What are you passionate about? Because I don't want, I would hate for someone to go through the very expensive process of selling all of your stuff and buying one way tickets and committing to this lifestyle just to commit yourself to another thing that you're going to hate. So that would be a good place to start.
0: You could say that selling all your stuff is a lucrative process. Sounds like it was for you guys.
2: Right. <laughs> right. But, but if you were to change your mind and go back yeah, and no, yeah. wanted to go back, yes. then it, that would be really expensive.
0: For sure. Yeah. I was just teasing you a little bit, but uh, no, totally. It's uh, <laughs> obviously make big changes like that. It's... Um, it's a big deal so it's not you know not something to take lightly but at the same time you can also take action when you know you know right like you guys knew when you got married you're like hey man this is on like donkey kong we're doing this and you just started doing it yes. right away <laughs> there is something to that also kind of like you get that gut reaction and then you're like you know what to do but then sometimes you, you take too long to let your mind sort of go back and forth which it can do forever and you sort of talk yourself out of it, even though you know it's a thing you should be doing. So sometimes it's it's good to kind of go with that gut reaction. Not, not that you shouldn't make considerations, but you kind of know. Yeah. Your body knows, right, what you need to be doing. Right. Well, thanks for your time. I mean, I hope you guys uh, keep enjoying your life out on the road. And congratulations on uh, everything that you've done and getting through the tough times and just... Yeah, everything you've gotten going and uh, as you've been on the road, which is no small thing to get a business going and all that kind of stuff. So congrats. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show.
2: Of course, Jason. Thank you so much for having us.
0: Take care. There you have it. Once again, thank you so very much to you both, Annette and Daniel, for stopping by the show and sharing your story, sharing your thoughts and just being so honest with us, uh, I'm sure it's not easy to talk about uh, things like suicidal ideation and depression and some of the stuff we covered. but you know, I'm always so inspired by guests like yourself who are just willing to come on, have an honest conversation, share it. and you know, you never know when these other things are hitting people's ears. And uh, anyway, I hope there were parts of this or maybe all of this that was uh, helpful for you, the listener. and don't forget if you have not gotten in touch yet, Please drop me a line, Jason at ZeroToTravel.com. Send me an audio message. Then I can hear from you, which is always a beautiful thing to open up my email and actually listen to the voice, hear the voice of somebody who's listening to this show. It's a treat. You know, you hear my voice all the time. Uh, I'd like to hear yours. I really would. So send me a, send me a voice message if you get a chance. And if you're able to share something or maybe provide some value to the community, I can get you... Potentially on this show as well. And I have something to share from Debbie in Denver. I love uh, a little alliteration there, Debbie in Denver. And she shares a great travel book recommendation, one that I have not read, and a little travel tip. I'll share that with you in a second. First, one more quick thank you to Tortuga Backpacks for supporting today's show. Again, A big sale coming up November 17th through December 21st. If you go to tortugabackpacks.com slash zero, you can take advantage of that. Spend 200 bucks, you'll save 20%. 300, you'll save 25%. 500 or more, you'll save 30%. And that discount will be automatically applied at the checkout. No coupon required. So why should you go there? not just for a sale, go there to get some amazing travel gear. I mean, these backpacks... I use them constantly. I don't just use them when I'm traveling. You know, some of these backpacks can sit around in your closet and you're only using them when you're taking long trips. I use the Tortuga backpacks every day. I use, either use the day pack. I use uh, the set out or one of the uh, smaller, more minimal packs to go to my co-working space to bring my uh, all my recording gear and stuff. I used the Outbreaker last weekend to take a weekend trip. So versatile. You got to check it out yourself. And they have a great try on at home program. So it's really risk-free. You can get the backpack. You can load it with your stuff. You can see how it feels. You can see if you like it. And you have like a 30-day window to send it back if you don't like it. Literally no risk. They take all the risk out of it. So that sale, once again, November 17th through December 21st. Take advantage of it at Tortuga Backpacks. Dot com slash zero, Z-E-R-O And you're going to save a lot of money, get some awesome travel gear. And, you know, I just saved you a bunch of time, right? You don't need to research all this stuff. Just go there. They actually have a quiz you can take to find the perfect backpack for you. And pick one up during this crazy sale, November 17th through the 21st of December. Thank you so very much to Tortuga Backpacks for, again, being a longtime supporter of Of this show. Okay, let me share with you a quick little snippet from Debbie, who uh, left me this message. I got it in my inbox last week and check out her book recommendation. Sounds like a good one. Here she is. Hi, Jason. This is Debbie from Denver, Colorado. My book recommendation is Leave Only Footprints by Connor Knighton. It's about the national parks in the U.S., and he visited all of them in one year, so it's a fun read. And that is also my recommendation to get out and get away nearby is find some less-traveled national parks or even state parks. Um, Some of them, the more popular ones, do get crowded, but it's a great way to get out, explore nature, get some fresh air, and be safe. Thanks, Jason. Love your podcast. Thank you for sharing, Debbie. Very cool to hear from you, and I am bookmarking that book so I don't forget to pick that one up at some point. By the way, I just found a really cool service called bookshop.org. So if you want to get away from supporting one of the bigger companies like Amazon and you want to get your book somewhere else... Uh, bookshop.org is uh, they're not a sponsor or anything uh, but I just heard about this it's a it's a website that allows you to purchase books uh, from local bookstores basically and they raise money for local bookstores and help to keep them in business so I know Amazon has a lot of different stuff but if you're just getting a book consider picking up a book at bookshop.org. I'm going to start shopping there for my books and uh, you can read more about their website on online. Of course, on the internet where it is. <laughs> anyway, I've got another shout out to give one more person in this community. I don't have the exact name, but I will say uh, the name I see because this is a review, is davis.pnw gave me a five-star review, said, let this guide your aspirations. Uh, He said, as somebody that has been considering the van life for some time now and debating good ways to go about it, this podcast and the interviews really help encourage me to get out there and do it, to hear so many inspirational stories of people who know the life to be tried and true has helped me set my mind in stone and start working towards new ideas to work remotely and get myself out there. Worth a listen every single day. Wow, worth a listen every single day. That is a glowing five-star review, and I want to thank you for taking the time to do that. These reviews make my day, by the way. Anytime somebody reaches out, sends an email, or has time to leave a review, if if you haven't done that yet, I would just love to hear from you. Either way, any of those places, it's always a pleasure. This is a two-way conversation. This is a community-powered show. Don't forget it. And we are going to hopefully do some kind of gathering with this community at some point when we can all gather and travel and do things like that I would really love to uh, do that we've got a summer camp event coming up this summer we're still planning it and we'll see how it goes but it is in the works and you know a lot of other stuff going on the way to keep in touch and find out about all the cool stuff happening off the podcast is to just go to zero to travel.com and sign up get on the email list That's it. If you haven't done that yet, you need to do that. (laughs) Please. Uh, I'd love to keep in touch. We've got uh, so many associated projects to help you travel. I've got like a challenge coming up where we're going to help people over a two-day period plan their best year ever in 2021 so get ahead of the game and we've got a whole system to help you sort of plan your 2021 we're doing some challenges around starting a side hustle so you can grow a business on the side and eventually leave your nine-to-five job if you want to keep that remote work lifestyle and travel more a lot of stuff going on you don't have to attend all of it but the only way to find out about these workshops and all of these things we're doing off the podcast is to sign up to keep in touch. And you can do that at zerototravel.com. I do send a regular email newsletter out. And when we do these special events, I can let you know that as well. So you don't miss these things. Come on, you're missing out. Go sign up for the email list. Okay, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for being a listener. I'm gonna reach into the magical quote drawer here. You can probably hear some of the papers here. I'm gonna just close my eyes and flip through and pull this one here let's see what this is okay this is from Lao Zo. must be a good one when we know how to be content we never want for anything that's worth another read right when we know how to be content we never want for anything words of wisdom to go about the rest of your day thanks so much for your time And I'll see you next time. Peace and love. This podcast has been brought to you by
1: ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.